Time it is episode two. Welcome back to the podcast. Thomas here, joined with Kyle. We've got Jared, Peyton, producer Mike back there, ready to go. Hey guys, it is almost football season again. Hallelujah. We are we are almost <laughs> we are almost there. We're gonna be kicking it off with a, a good amount of football talk a little bit here because why not? It is the end of July, and. What else is there to talk about? You know, there, there's it, this is that time, that awkward couple of weeks in, the in sports radio. The dog days of yeah. summer. It really is. So, you know, the, the Open Championship happened, and that was kind of exciting because of Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods alone. So we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, a little bit of MLB, uh, and then we'll go straight into some football. Uh, and that'll kick off probably the next six months of football non-stop we'll become known as a non-stop football football, uh, basically a football podcast for the next six months until nba starts up and so, uh three-fourths of us are okay with that three-fourths yep. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so a little bit um let's just touch on the the open championship i know it's been a couple of days over the weekend yeah i got excited i actually i watched it i don't know how much you guys ended up watching the u.s open so, I wouldn't oh, skip me. church just to the watch British the World Open, Cup. The British I Open. skipped church to watch Tiger. Let's watch Tiger. T- Tiger and his Sunday red was back. Uh, unfortunately, he did not. He had the lead on a Sunday for the first time in I don't know how long. It's been maybe 10, eight, 10 years. I think the last time I said that he had a lead was in 2000. The U.S. Open in 2000. Masters in 2011, I think, was the last time he had a lead. Yeah, when did he major. wreck his car? That, would, uh, that, that was 2008. That was 2009. <laughs> 10. Now, unfortunately, Tiger Woods did not win. He, uh, it was uh, Francesco Molinari, my fellow, my fellow Italian. Uh, he ends up getting his first, uh, his first uh, major there. And did you see his retirement plan? No. Uh, no. He said, he said uh, two and a half years, retire. Um, go to a coffee shop, get coffee three times a day. Maybe read, but just become an internet troll. And talk sports. <laughs> that was his retirement plan. Can we get him on our show? At that point uh, yeah, I, I think All that's right. pretty cool. That's basically what we want to do, right? Go talk about sports. Maybe read one one thing or another at some point, but get you know just I talk sports a few and drink coffee. Than a coffee shop, but I wouldn't. Well, I know which I teams you would troll. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one. Just one. But back, just back one. to Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods is back. Yeah, the Tiger yeah. Woods watch. How exciting! Did you guys end up watching a little bit of that? That was pretty exciting watching. I don't Tiger mean Woods. you did. I don't know. I think you, got, you watched a little bit. Of I that? watched some yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My wife even got to watch a little. Mine bit. too. I mean, she. I don't think she's ever watched golf uh, for more than two minutes, and for some reason, she watched it with me on Sunday. It was pretty exciting. He had the lead, I think, up until um, or he got the lead on eleven, lost and then 12, lost actually. it on the. Did he double bogey on eleven? He double bogey on eleven, then he and lost then it on bogey 12. on twelve. Yep. And that's really when it went too far. I think it, the mindset, he got too aggressive. I think he just got too aggressive there. So I don't know what happened, but uh, I can tell you guys are a little fading on golf. That would no. be the last, no, last it's golf great. talk we have for a while. Until yeah, no, I, I, I love seeing Tiger in his red again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love I, seeing the Sunday red. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, do you think that it will be a consistent display of him it being looks at the top like again? I do. It looks like it, at least he'll be at the top. I don't know if he'll win anytime soon again. Uh, I don't know um, if he'll ever win again, but he's there. I mean, his play is there. He was he's, finished top ten here. He's still he he's still relevant. is is top five in yeah. driving distance. So he still has the driver, and he looks healthy. He does finally. Finally, 
Um, and that's something that's really been his Achilles heel, of course, has been his injuries. He just hasn't been able to play. And I think now that he's actually healthy, I think I think he is going to keep it up. He had a couple of those swings that were old Tiger. I mean, you, you saw Absolutely. him come out where he, where he takes that those irons and just slams through. I mean, he wouldn't hit the ball that hard with his with his irons in the past couple of years. I was I was shocked. I I had just said a few days before that I was like, I don't think he's ever going to get another major. I don't think he's going to compete for another major. I don't think he's going to be there. I thought it was the end of Tiger Woods, and just I've kind of been holding out. Tiger's one of those guys, like, I don't like Tiger Woods. Like, I'm, I'm not a Tiger fan. However, every time Tiger's in competition, you have to watch. I am, like, 100%, like, Absolutely. let's go, like, almost on the edge of my seat when he's there. Um, it's good for golf. It, it's good for golf. Good for when golf. he When he's competitive, it just changes the entire dynamic of golf. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think he's got the ability, like you said, he's hitting that driver still extremely well. His putting game looked really good with the exception of that double bogey. And that on that shot on 11 where he had that shot from the – he had the two shots in a rough in a row where he was on the left-hand side there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took that second shot out of the rough where it would have gone above – if he would have cleared the sand trap completely, he would have rolled down the hill and been able to put in for birdie on that hole. It, hole 11 was where it was lost at. If he, the ball would have gone two inches further, I think Tiger wins wins the British Open. It just, that close game of inches then he, exactly then he double he missed the had that long putt to put him over and then he double bogeyed on that and then 11 i think he still thought that he was 30 32 years old at that point and he didn't <laughs> yeah. realize that he's he, he can't play that way anymore and he's still got to make those adjustments you still see right. that he's got to make the adjustments that he's 41 42 now you can't play the same way that you did 10 years ago right you can't well, rely just on strength and and pure I, skill. I actually like that he still has that I'm going to go get it mentality. Oh, yeah, he was aggressive. Mm-hmm. He yeah, did it on I like yeah. that. He did, I like it, that. he did it the whole before on 10, and it worked. Because they said I remember we were watching it, and they're like, we don't know about this move. Like, probably should, better to lay up. He didn't lay up, and he got it on. And it was like, all right. And then after that, the next couple ones, he just didn't have it. And he looked good after for 13, 14, all the way up until 17. And then seven, or 17 or 18, he missed that real short putt, which put him at 5 under, which... Which was, he was even on the day. Even on the day. Even on the day, three shots back at uh, to finish. He's three th- three shots off right. the win. Um, but yeah, he was tied for sixth there. Technically, third. I mean, you had a couple guys there tied for second. So really, and I didn't check the rankings yeah. this week. I don't know if, if any of you guys they did. said they he cracked top fifty. So he, top okay, fit? so now he's in for the champions. Yes. Yes, that's what they were talking. That was a big deal. Which is good. That's that's really good for that series as well. And actually, I want to hit on this as far as Francesco. I mean, how about him taking Tiger? I mean, he was paired with Tiger Woods. He was the par machine. Yeah, and he was the Italian par machine. But what's crazy (laughs) is that he was paired with Tiger Woods. He saw him making this push, and he he kept his cool. And then he came in, and he he took it from him. And, I mean, credit to him for keeping his cool and, and being able to win his first major. Yeah. How awesome is that? So going back to your comment from earlier, Jared, you, you said that Tiger hasn't been Tiger because of his injuries. Yes. I've played a lot of sports in my time, okay? I've played basketball, baseball, rugby, football, and soccer. Yes. The only sport I've ever been injured in – okay, let me take that back. I've been injured in two sports, and it was the same issue uh, was my knee. Yeah. I just want to know, how, how does one get injured – Playing golf because I played golf. I played my yeah. my fair share of hands of golf. Yeah, or rounds of golf or whatever you want to say. How do you get injured playing golf? A lot of it's just from torque. Ton of torque Where on, on your knees. It's but really he also on your knees and back. If you look into his background, I think 
was his fa- his father was military, I believe. I believe. And it kind of instilled in him. He was he was the type of guy. He was running ten miles a day, and then going to play a couple rounds of golf yeah. and do his training and lift. And you know he had the muscle background. I mean, he was the first guy that you go you go into golf and see. Man, that guy's got muscles. That guy's that guy's in shape. He was fit. That guy yeah. was fit. I mean, he was running 10 miles a day. I think and he, he can bench over wearing, 300 pounds. Yeah, That's why his drive was so good. That's and, why know, he could drive the ball. It's the back man. injury. It wasn't really an injury from golf right? per right. se. I mean, maybe the torque. Right. Like well, he, said, he, but, he had a knee injury the, as well. Yeah. The, the, the first one was in 08 after he won it against Rocco. Right. The U.S. Open in, in 08. As, and right after that, he had to go for surgery. And after right. that is when he went down. And with his back, even now... He looks better like Tiger was we used to see, but it's still a different swing than we, sw- right. we had back then. It's just this is work. He's finally got into this new game that he had to learn how to play right. with where it's at. But Tiger Woods, you watched his body back then. He put unbelievable strain with the amount of torque he had on his swing, which it's not surprising that a guy who was that much of a runner would have problems not just with his back but with his knees when it was that much Well, and on. golf is such a repetition game that if you're out of it for a while, oh. and he was with his back Absolutely. and knees, and I mean, that's going to really take away a lot um, just from the repetition side of things. And I think that's what's really hurt him is that he would he would get almost to a point where he was healthy again, and then he would get injured again. Yep. And he just was never the same. I think finally... He's at a point where he may be able to keep it going. I, I would love to keep him or see him stay healthy. Um, and I mean, that's just we'll see going forward. But yeah. if he stays healthy, watch out. This is going to be another. This is going to be a, a Tiger Woods that is going to be feared for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I just I want to say the last two weeks we started our podcast with soccer and with golf. We're not going to keep listeners very long at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go back to soccer. <laughs> well, we got to get it out before you, you got to you got to build up, right? You, you got to build up. Well, yeah, that. But when you when you I guess when you are making your spill sheet about the podcast, I mean, people are going to read it. So just tell them like skip to twelve minutes or whatever, and then that way they just skip a bad section. But the interesting the thing is, football. the interesting thing is, is that we're talking about Tiger Woods, and that's what makes golf interesting. Yeah, we wouldn't have been talking. Oh, we wouldn't about have been talking about if it wasn't for Tiger. Cool. Yeah, it was well. awesome that an Italian won a major for the first time for. But we wouldn't have talked about it if it wasn't for Tiger. That's Absolutely. right. Well, I would have talked. You would have, <laughs> I would have talked. Special place in your heart. <laughs> so before we get into football consuming our lives, uh, let's talk a little bit of MLB. And then we'll get back into you know the meat and potatoes of sports and, and some football. A little bit of MLB trade deadline is coming up a couple of days away. Uh, you know, it's kind of quiet. Manny Machado did get moved a couple of weeks ago. We talked about that. Uh, now it kind of gets a little more quiet. There's not as many big names. Uh, Zach Britton, the the closer from the Orioles, gets traded to the Yankees. And uh, is yesterday. it finalized now, though? They're still working I, on the deals. I guess it's finalized. I mean, it's, it's, it's finalized. They, they tweeted it out. The Orioles tweeted out, thank you, Zach Britton, uh, Yankees. So I think he's. it's basically finalized at this point. Three prospects, top 15 for the Yankees, but the, I think the the top one was the ninth rated. So nothing too crazy, but you had to overpay a little bit because the benefit here is you, you get, it, get Zach Britton out of the hands of the Astros and the Red Sox, yeah. who were both in the market for him. Which I know, Jared, you probably – I mean, would you have wanted Zach Britton at this point? Because I know the Astros – They've got some bullpen issues. That's probably the one weakness at this point. Yeah, the one weakness I would say is that, and especially with Giles, um, we demoted him, put him back into the farm system, so that's just how badly he's been performing. 
Um, and he, of course, was our closer. So I know Zach Britton being a closer, that would have really helped us out. Um, and he's starting to get back in. He was injured for the last year, year and a half or so. You know, right. Two years removed from what, that .56 ERA? Yeah. Which I'm hoping we get to see again. I like the move as a Yankee fan. I like the move. The big yeah. name starter pitcher is not, not out there. So what do you do? You fortify your bullpen even more. I'm we still already, hoping you guys yeah. give my Tiger something for Fulmer. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the mode right now. I don't right know if he's in the market. I haven't heard his name, though, he's, at he all. He dropped a lot. I guess That's, he's just not. They have him for control for, what, two more years? Yeah. So maybe right now, now is not the time. Buck, or not Farmer. I think, I think uh, Fryer is our number one right now that we're trying to trade off. So it is what it is. I just I got to ask the Yankee fan. With Britain on a scale of one to Mariano Rivera, where is he going to rank as a Yankee? As a Yankee, I mean, we only technically have him for the rest of the year, so it's not good. I mean, he doesn't sign him. You guys got you guys got capital. I don't know. I, it depends I how he. The New York Bankies. Come, come on now, we're like tenth in payroll. We're that's like tenth in payroll. That's why I come think on. they're going to sign him because you guys got a lot we're of un, payroll. We're under the luxury tax. Way up. This yeah. is this is something new that they're doing. Uh, I think he's – I mean, as far as – I'll give you 1 to 10 on excitement. I'll give you a 6 at this point because Chapman's finally having – he's, he's bounced back year. He's having a really good year, but he's having a little bit of knee issues. So just in case it's good reinforcement, it's good to have an added guy in the bullpen. I think he's a lefty as well. You can never have too many good left-handed relief pitchers. Right. Uh, so I'm excited. I think there wasn't the, you know, the Jacob DeGrom, the Noah Syndergaard, the Madison Baumgartner was not in the market. So what do you do? You go get the closer who's an all-star and, uh, you know, had a .56 ERA two years ago. Right. So. Which I think for the Yankees right now, that was their big Achilles yeah. heel as well was defense. And that starts, of course, with pitching. So I yeah. think that their pitching was kind of yeah. struggling a little bit. So that might actually get them back in the race with the Red Sox. I know that they're behind a few games there, but um, hopefully they can see about turning around and get a, a back on top. I still think you guys need a starting pitcher more than anything else, though. I, just, I that, think that, we do. That rotation we is do, your, but... That's what who's out the, there? There's the, nobody. The last year. There's not much out there. I don't want Jay Hap. Jay Hap really that much better than, you know, Sonny Gray at this point. Who? I don't know. Anyway, football is back. Almost at least for us, it is. We're gonna go into something new. We're gonna start a, what a five week preview. Five weeks, did you say, Kyle? Till college football. Five weeks till college football. Five weeks till college football. Let's get Peyton back involved in this. Something he can talk about here. Oh, should I? Should I wake up now? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're done. We're done with golf and 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 baseball here. Uh, I might as well go back to sleep. We're not talking Tennessee anytime uh, soon. <laughs> so we got we got a five weeks till college football starts, and we've got five major conferences. We're gonna do take one conference each week. Preview it, semi up, up and down, maybe from top to bottom a little bit there. Uh, I know Florida's th- going to be left out again. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> this is Power Five conferences. Power Five conferences, <laughs> and maybe we'll do a little bonus there with a uh, with uh, a Cinderella team. <laughs> Liberty. Yes. Who? Who's that? <laughs> we get the. We're starting with the Big Twelve this week because we all don't care about the Big Twelve. Probably the most. So let's get them out of the way. Uh, a little bit of Big 12 here, which they did have a team in, in the play- playoffs last year. You know, they had Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, probably still the favorites. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit in um, who's at the top of the Big 12 here. So let's dive into that. Week one of our college football preview. Uh, conference number one here. Big 12. 
What are you guys seeing shaking up here? You see similar to last year with Oklahoma or any anything different going on? I think they're the front runner pretty easily, hands down. I think you could see some. I mean, TCU is always going to be a competition up there. Oklahoma State's still going to be good in Texas. Texas is one that I'm interested to see how they turn it around, if they can make a push on it this year. But I think it's pretty safe to say Oklahoma's probably got it. They do. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, they they tend to just end up with the most complete team. Um, like we talked about before the show, I mean, the Big 12 is not necessarily famous for having outstanding defenses. But Oklahoma always has a good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they're always strong in that area. I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to end up doing with um, Kyler Murray, their quarterback. Just had an outstanding MLB draft in which he went ninth overall. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of wondering. And according to him, uh, I believe uh, baseball is really uh, you know, more of his love. Um, I know I was reading that um, a couple of days ago. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see the level of output that he puts into their season. I, I don't think he's just not going to play, obviously. You know, he's invested in, in being there as a two-sport athlete. But um, I'm just kind of interested to see what productivity he, he brings. Has, has Lincoln Riley shown enough as far as top coach in the, league, in, in, the in the conference at this point? Any other any other? coaches in this conference i think it's hard to say yet i mean i think with oklahoma the the biggest thing with them was having the best player in the conference of baker mayfield last year i mean at this point what it's probably gonna be will greer at west virginia would very well yes i I would agree with that Um, well he he still has sills to throw to and sills was a uh, blitnikoff award finalist yeah absolutely uh, and had an amazing year uh, throughout not just the conference but i mean nationally yes he blew it up. West Virginia could be one of those teams that is a sleeper, Matt, want to watch out for. Um, they'll lose their first game of the season, said. but the, I, th- I think, you know, they'll they'll look good <laughs> the rest of the... I wonder who that first game is. Uh, Tennessee? Tennessee! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as, as far as Oklahoma, I mean, I, I agree. I think they are definitely the front runners. Um, I think a close second, though, is still the team that's right behind them is TCU, um, and I would actually give the nod to Gary Patterson as the best coach in the conference as of right now. Uh, but I know, Peyton, you and I were talking, you feel like Gary Patterson's kind of hit that spot of not being able to get over the hump. Um, kind of go into that a little bit more. He, um, I I love me some Gary Patterson. I hope one day I can meet the man and I get the pleasure of him yelling at me because he gets fired up on that on that. Now, what's your, what's your dream scenario? You get to meet... Gary, you get 30 minutes with them. What's your dream scenario right there? Dream scenario? You, you taking them out to B-dubs? What are you doing here? Uh, no, so I want to recreate something. If you watch a TCU game, you will always see that there is um, one person, typically it's been this girl for the last couple of years, that just follows him around with a water bottle. I want to be Gary Patterson's water bottle boy. <laughs> <laughs> that That is my TCU dream. Uh, no, he. so he's a great coach, and um, I mean, he... He's recruited well in a very difficult state to recruit. I mean, you look at the programs that he's that he's coming behind, and he's still been able to bring in top talent and compete, uh, you know, at a high level in the Big Twelve. But like I mentioned to Jared uh, and you guys earlier, I feel like he's gotten caught in a conference that's so offense heavy um, that he's he's just kind of stuck there. 
Um, I would I would love to see him in another conference because I I think he would thrive. Um, he's a demonstrated recruiter. Um, he's very gutsy uh, when he's out there coaching, but he's he's smart about it. Um, I I think he's the best coach uh, in the Big Twelve. Um, but I mean Lincoln Riley has been able to come up through you know a solid system uh, to demonstrate himself. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being you know, the better coach in the Big and, 12 this year. And now one dark horse I keep seeing at this point, speaking of the state of Texas, is the University of Texas. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's hoping that they get back to the top, right? I mean, everybody wants to see the big programs up there, and they've, they've, been, they've been down for a while. Tom Herman's second year there. You guys Which they did really well things? recruiting. Yeah, do you guys see really big well things coming out of Texas class. at this point? Yeah, I mean, they, they had an excellent recruiting class this year. And sometimes it doesn't translate immediately, but the fact that you're getting those guys again, right. uh, it's only a matter of time, I think, before Texas gets back to being at least at least feared in that conference. Um, I mean, they had an okay year last year. I think it still was under expectation for Texas. It was almost the opposite of the rest of the Big 12. With, right. They had a good defense. Mm-hmm. But they're st- they still can't find the quarterback. Right, they, they still right. can't find the quarterback. Last time their quarterback would have been uh, Colt McCoy. Colt I mean, McCoy. That's, that was what 2009. I mean, it's yeah, been a long it's been a long time, time ago. Long uh, time ago. I'm I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I think Texas uh, finishes in the top four this year in the Big Twelve. Uh, I would agree with that. Top four. I would agree yeah. with that. Uh, I agree with that. To say. Shane Bouchelle, um finally I mean, emerged. He was he was young last year, uh, but he he played he played all right. Uh, but he played for a team that was offensively weak. Uh, I think that he takes it to the next level, and I think they're not just relying on their defense to limp to the end of the game and hope for something good to happen. Uh, I think he actually takes the lead and actually has a successful offensive campaign this year. Well, based upon uh, looking at schedules here, I see that actually I think as far as resume builders are concerned, TCU probably has the best resume builder in playing Ohio State. Um, the other teams, uh, Texas is playing USC this year, so mm-hmm. University of Southern Cal. And then Oklahoma is playing UCLA, which, I mean, there's two Pac-12 teams. Both teams traditionally are good. UCLA has a lot of depth and a lot of They They there. do, they do. And we'll get into the Pac-12 a little bit later, but, I mean, I, I just think of who Ohio State is right now. I mean, you got Urban Meyer on the other side. That's a really good resume builder. If they can somehow find a way, because it looks like it's a home game for them. So if they can somehow find a way to win that game, that could really set the tone for them for mm-hmm. their season. And watch out for TCU for a potential playoff berth if that happens. If yeah, they the happen thing. to win West that Virginia game. West Virginia doesn't really have that big. I mean, it looks like NC State is their big non-conference game at this point. I'm not well, they also they play they do play Tennessee, which Tennessee is okay. in the SEC. Okay. They are in the SEC, yeah. so right. people are going to pe- people bad. are going to look at that. All people right. are going to look at that. Regardless of, and I know I am biased. I will go ahead and own up to that right now as I wear my orange. Um, regardless of what Tennessee looks like, because of the conference, it will look good. And it's um, what even, it's at even Tennessee, if, right? Is that we, Tennessee that game? If we finish uh, last, I think it's at um, – double check on that, Jared. I think it's at West Virginia. I can't remember. I think I saw it was in Morgantown, yeah. Um, so uh, – No, no, it's at, uh, it's at Tennessee. Is it in Knoxville? Knoxville. So even if we uh, if we are last in the SEC, we're still a resume builder Yeah. for someone like West Virginia. Well, let's not forget through. that the SEC had two teams in the playoff last year, and they both played in the championship game. So – I mean, as of right now, everybody hates it, the, the whole SEC bias. I mean, 
a lot of people thought after Clemson won a few years ago, praise, that maybe there was going to be a a change in the in in the powers. But SEC still had two teams in the championship game last year, so it's it's tough to say that they're still not king right now. Um, so just well, talking that about out Big as well. Twelve and somehow both. Tennessee. How do we, we get off track? This, <laughs> how do we get off track this sport? Right, I think this is a great discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peyton and I can we'll keep see. talking. <laughs> so we, I, I think we kind of summed it up as far as the top four teams. You got Oklahoma, you got TCU, West Virginia, and Texas. Any any other teams at that point? Oklahoma is that, State, I think, is still somebody still? you can always. There's kind someone of to be fear. feared. Uh, the other team that's always seems to be a, an upset team is is uh, Texas Tech. Um, I feel like they somehow usually wind up winning a game or two that you don't think they're going they, they to. They play spoil a little bit, but I don't think they're they going to compete to win the division. No, I, I, don't, think, I don't either. I, don't I either. think you could have a, some Oklahoma State potentially could compete to be able to win the division. I mean, the thing that's going to hurt Oklahoma State, especially if they try getting into the playoff, their, their off-season schedule is atrocious. Missouri State, South Alabama, well, a team that always State, I mean, A team that always gets forgotten in the Big 12 is Iowa State. And that's, oh yeah, they had a good year. They had some big upsets last they year. They did, they did. So that's a team that gets forgotten. They they're someone that you definitely have to look out for as well. But um, I think we're all in agreement. If one team were to make it out, um, I, for me, it's it's Texas Christian, it's TCU. But we really don't see any team making it out of the Big Twelve into the playoff at this uh, point. The Big Twelve. I mean, when I was a kid, like even in ten year, ten years ago, Big Twelve football was great. It was. I mean, it was... It was South football. It was, yeah. I mean, you had both you had defense and offense, probably a little bit more offensive-minded for Big 12, as it's always been, like you said. But back then, Big 12 football was great to watch. Since Texas fell off, the entire conference has just been top-heavy with Oklahoma pretty much always the one representing the conference. And then once in a while, you'd have so TCU kind of get up there a little bit, and then... Uh, Oklahoma State's had a little bit of it, and then uh, I guess Baylor had their run there too. But there's not been a continuous somebody fighting against Oklahoma. I, I I'm hoping that that can turn around eventually. I I think also it will. wonder too in the future. There's a lot to talk. I'm not going to be surprised though if eventually the Big Twelve folds. I, I I won't be surprised if that comes to a point in time. It could. I think I think Texas will get back to that point just with their name and I think Tom Herman is is definitely a guy that's an excellent recruiter in a sure. fantastic recruiting pool in Texas. But do you so. think Texas getting back is enough to keep the Big 12 in general together? I yes. Mean, yeah, I, te- I say Texas absolutely and Oklahoma, yes. absolutely. Yeah. I, but I can see Texas easily leaving on their own. I they, mean, they could. They, they could support themselves as an independent better than I think any other team short of Notre Dame in the country. Yeah, they could. They could. I don't know, though. I mean, there's a lot of pull for them to stay, especially with the Oklahoma rivalry, because that is one of the great rivalries in college football is the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry. So, I mean, I I definitely, right now, as of right now, I I see them staying for sure. I see them staying as well. I I do think, um, to track back a little bit on the Oklahoma State um, and Texas Tech piece, I, I don't think that they will, um, I don't think they'll have terribly successful seasons this year. Who's who's the quarterback of each one? Of each Couldn't, tell Couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've, you've got a gigantic you've got a gigantic gap uh, with Mason Rudolph gone. Absolutely for Oklahoma State. Absolutely. You've, you've had the same system working like a charm with him for the last several years. Five five um, years plus, right? It was four or five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Texas Tech was e eh, last year. Um, you still know, play they, spoiler of in a few yeah, games. They they've got their own gaps, but still. You know, we can't name anyone on the team. Um, yeah, right. So I, I feel like 
uh, even though they're Valid. kind of dropping down, Texas football, the state, Texas football, I feel like will always be in flux. But uh, with with it being that way, it will always come back. And I think the one that leads the charge is Texas. I think that them sticking around and becoming successful again helps the other schools, uh, helps the conference, and helps the state. I don't know, Pan. I think there's too much orange going on right now. I'm just I'm bleeding orange right now. <laughs> I, I cut myself earlier. I had no no idea. All right, give me give me your top team. Who give me the team that wins the conference, and then give me one team that uh, that is a surprise. I'll start with you, Kyle. Team that wins and surprise. Oklahoma wins hands down, and I'd say surprise could be TCU. I'll say Oklahoma wins, and I'll say West Virginia surprise. I'm gonna say Texas, Texas Christian. So TCU is gonna win it, and I'll go with um, I'll go with West Virginia as a surprise as well. I like that. Yeah, I'll split that. I'll say TCU. I'll say TCU wins it. So we got two and two, Oklahoma, TCU, and I'll, you know, Texas. I'd much I, rather TCU. I think my, my, my heart wants Texas to be up there, so Texas will be my surprise. It's just good for college football when yeah. Texas is good. Absolutely. So, All right, well, NFL is king, so let's finish it off get in the, getting into some NFL. You guys might disagree with me on that. I think but NFL is king. NFL is king in my heart. <laughs> NFL king, is king. It's a close second. Co- college football is king. This, this, is the difference. this is the regional difference this, here. This is the difference in college football. If my team loses on Saturday, whether they're three and nine or whatever, I'm mad for a week. In NFL, if my team loses, I'm like, eh, I'm mad for about ten minutes. <laughs> Not nearly the same level as this. I like. I mean, I love watching NFL football. It's You're just also the a same. Lions fan. Hey, I'm not a Lions Cowboys. Fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. Well, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> both blue and Reason. silver, and both choking the playoffs. <laughs> but the, the, the Lions have to get to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. They've been. This, give me a chance to hate on the Lions for a second. Go for all my it. friends that are back there. Go for when it. When you've only won one playoff game in the past, I think, 57 years now. The, even the Browns have not been that bad. So, well, at least they have a franchise quarterback right now with Matthew Stafford. When did this get into Lions talk? I know exactly. He, yeah, it's gross. He I feel like you. Yeah, he he made baiting. Awful, awful, awful accusation of calling you. me a Lions fan. You you took the the bait. I, he, <laughs> he went. Are you fishing? assuming his fandom? I am I, assuming his fandom. How dare I? <laughs> his fandom has been assumed. <laughs> hey, so the, go, going back five minutes. <laughs> seriously, going back five minutes ago, Jared made a comment here about uh, college rivals. You know, I watched like an ESPN 30 for 30 one time about college football rivalries, and like the ones I thought were going to be in there were not. So the ones, you know, I was thinking would be um, – well, for me and Jared to be South Carolina and Clemson. That's oh, like, yeah. That's like the number one, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, I guess, what, Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Auburn. Auburn, Auburn Alabama, Alabama. Michigan, Ohio State. Exactly. None of them. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State. None, none of them were in this in the 30 for 30. You know what was in the 30 for 30? A school in Pennsylvania named Lehigh. And then a school that was like five minutes down the road. Lehigh? Are they even Division One? I? I don't. I. I. They were like the number they one. They were like the are number they? one yeah. college rivalry. That's where uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers guard C.J. McCollum. That's where he went. Went to Lehigh. He went to Lehigh. Yeah. I mean, they could be 
They could be D1 basketball. I mean, they're probably not FBS, though. They're not FBS. I can't imagine being they're, they're, they're Division one AA. There's no way. There's no way they're, they're Division one. so they're FCS. They're FCS. Yeah. Do you know how many batteries anyway. it takes to beat Michigan? Just one, one double A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's the oldest joke Appalachian in the book. State. So nothing, <laughs> no, I was about to say Appalachian. I watched that game. I was like, I don't know, 15. No, I was older than 15. I was probably like 17 years old. I was working at a grocery store. But there was a restaurant next door to the grocery store, and I was on my lunch break, and I literally watched the last ten minutes of that game when App, uh, when App State won. Appalachian State Man. stunned the college even, football world. Even when I try to bring up NFL, you guys bring it back. Sorry, to college <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a demographic thing. All right, I hate the Lions. Go back to the there NFL. we go. Back well, to regular the NFL. season back hasn't the started yet, but there's still you know so, like you said we're, we're getting close. Uh, it's almost August, which means it's almost football season. And who who other to talk about than some running backs? Some Absolutely. running backs. We talked Todd about Le'Veon Bell last week uh, getting franchise tagged. Now we actually get a little bit of headway. We get some some progress here. Todd Gurley gets signed four years, sixty million dollars here. Uh, so he resets the market for running backs. I think the highest paid running back before this was eight million. Sean McCoy, Devontae Freeman was up there. Uh, he, he's getting forty-five yeah, mil guaranteed. guaranteed. That's that's getting paid for a running back. Absolutely. So, I mean, worth like it. I, I, as a, let's player. start with this before we get into you know uh, Le'Veon Bell comparison, and we got David David Johnson contract coming up, and uh, Zeke Elliott contract coming up in a couple years as well. Before we get into that, uh, bottom line is this worth it for the Rams? Good deal, no deal. Kyle, hey, this is L.A. baby. Mm. That's right. Probably a good deal. I'd lean more that way a little bit. Solid and running back can make the difference. The only thing is I just don't know that it's going to make enough of a difference for L.A. to be able to get above the hump. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They just re-signed, without even playing a game, Brandon Cooks, right? Right. They traded for him uh, and then re-signed him almost $80 million. Right. Another big contract with guaranteed. First of all, I don't know where they're getting all this money because they still haven't paid Aaron Donald. Uh, Darnold, and they they need to pay him. But with all of this comparison, who's more important to the team? Brandon Cooks, who hasn't even played, and they gave him more money, or Todd Gurley, who was basically you know MVP at this point. Gurley, Gurley, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You have a guy who's going to touch the ball what thirty times a game, and he gets twenty million dollars less than that wide receiver right. who hasn't even played a game with them. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I think that's where Le'Veon Bell is coming from, right? There you see it right there. Right. How wide receiver – now, Brandon Cooks isn't even a top 10 wide receiver in the game, and he's getting $80 million. Yep. Yeah, their receiving core is going to be interesting this year. Honestly, their entire offense is going to be really fun to watch. They're going to have – got a lot of mouths. It's, it's going to be they a dynamic, a dynamic offense. Um, maybe close to greatest show on turf, possibly. Um, but, I mean, Todd Gurley is – I mean, he is everything on that team. Um, as you saw back in 2016, teams knew. I mean, obviously, Jared Goff was a rookie. Teams knew you stop Todd Gurley, you're gonna win. Yeah. And that's what they did. I mean, he was he was bottled up all season long in 2016. A lot of people thought, oh, sophomore slump. But I just was thinking to myself, man, Todd Gurley has to do a lot on his own because that offense. It, it, Jared Goff is a rookie. I mean, they're not doing much with him. They're, of course, pulling back on him with the playbook because he's a rookie. So the, a lot of it laid on Todd Gurley. He only had one more 
rushing attempt in 2017 as compared to 2016. And he his production was much better. I mean, he averaged 4.7 yards a carry as opposed to 3.2 the year before that. And he almost – actually, he did. He doubled his touchdowns rushing with 13. What did he average in carries per game last year? Uh, yards per carry was 4.7 yards per carry. No, carries per game. Did they, did they got that carries per game. Uh, he had 279, so over the course of 15 games – um, if you can figure that out mathematically, I'm not a, I'm not a math genius. I, that's, <laughs> the thing that makes me wonder about that with them having a weapon and Cooks being there too is how much less is he going to have to carry at this point in time? They're going to be able to spread it out a little bit more with having a little bit more of a weapon on that side. Absolutely. That could really help things open up too a little bit. Well, I, they I lose Sammy Watkins though. So, I mean, you lose Sammy Watkins right. and you bring in Brandon Cooks instead. Watkins goes to the Chiefs. But, I mean, but then now, I think they fill the hole. Another year of production with Jared Goff. Right. Right. Get to spread it around. Another year, Cooper Cup, rookie last year, was actually really productive. Yeah. Well, and Todd Gurley's receiving production has oh increased gosh. a ton over his time. Last year was insane. And he, he's doubled, or he's he's gotten 20 more each year. So his first year, he had 21 in 2015. 2016, he had 43. In 2017, he had 64 receptions. How, he had how many seven, re- do you have? Yeah, how many? 788 receiving? yards receiving. And he had six touchdowns okay. receiving, which yeah. is. That's fantastic for a running back. That's great production. So he had six touchdowns receiving. How many did he rush? He had thirteen. So he 13. almost hit. He was just 19. shy of twenty total touchdowns, which for a running back is really, really good. So I mean, he to me he's worth every penny. I remember watching him at Georgia, and I just remember this guy dominates games. So for for him to get a big payday does my heart good because I've always believed in him. I think the Rams have. A franchise running back. I mean, you so, sign you sign a guy uh, like this. What is Absolutely. what does this do to the running back market? What does this do now with Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson coming up? Well, Zeke I think it, in a couple of years. I think it touches on like what we, what we touched on last week that there, there's going to be a lot more guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Absolutely. And four four years and now, though. Per four, year, year, is, four years is actually a decently long time for a running what? back. That's average of fifteen a year now. Right. Fifteen million a year. Right. Um, which which almost doubled. Doubled the the value of running backs. Right, I mean, we were getting eight million was almost tops. Right, which kind of which was at that point ridiculous. Which looking at actually Le'Veon Bell, um, just to, for kind of a good comparison here, he did he did get more touches rushing the ball with three hundred and twenty one rushes. I mean that that's a lot of touches. Um, didn't have as many yards as Todd Gurley. He only had twelve thousand or excuse me one thousand two hundred ninety one. Um, he had nine touchdowns rushing, which is solid. Um, he he averaged four yards a carry, which I mean that's that's solid too. He did have 85 receptions, 655 yards on those. He only had two touchdowns receiving though, and he's never had more than three in a season. So I mean, so numbers are definitely in Gurley's favor, right? They're this different. Year at this they're, point. And yeah. and he he wants to get paid like a receiver. Now as far as receptions are concerned, sure he gets the receptions, but as far as yardage is concerned. And he's not getting the same kind of yardage that a receiver is getting. So, I mean, I think he needs to look at the Todd Gurley deal and say, hey, I mean, that looks like he gonna that looks it? like good money. Someone, he, someone's going to pay him more. If you, Somebody, if you, think, not the if you think you're the best, and that's what Le'Veon thinks he is, he thinks he is the best and that he's, he's changed less. the game. Right, he's not going to take less. He's going to want more. Right. And he's going to he's gonna walk. I mean, he's going to go to another team that's going to treat him like he is the best and pay him like he is the best. Um, which I know David Johnson's kind of in that boat too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with him and the Cardinals. But 
Um, and it's all egos. I mean, it's really all egos at this point. But I, I right now, if I had to choose a running back, I mean, I, I would take Todd Gurley. I think he is the best in, really? in football right now. That is my he had the best personal year. opinion. He had the best he year. He doesn't the have the best year. resume yet. And not yet, but I, as as far as what I have seen, just eye test, I, I take him number one over anybody, personally. Now, I I agree. I think right now Todd Gurley is the best complete running back in the NFL. And I also hear you talking about his 2016-2017 stats, especially his carries being so similar, uh, but much more effective in 2017. Right. And I look at, uh, you know, there's there's changes in between that year. They added to their offensive line Absolutely. To, to be able to strengthen and actually play to, hey, we know Gurley's going to be the guy. Let's try and actually let him be the guy. That's great. Uh, they spread the field as well. Yes. And in 2017, uh, Goff actually had like a, a full year to be able to learn how to throw. And he looked, he and looked pretty good. Guys. He looked pretty good. But I, I don't think that those, uh, you know, those things are part of the piece which made Todd Gurley better this year, and that's Sean McVay. Absolutely. He, I would totally agree with that. He is the one that has changed the Rams. Yes. Gurley has been doing his thing, and he's been effective. Jared Goff, I I'm not a fan. You know this. I just coming out of college. I'm just not not a big Jared Goff believer. I think he's someone that could be a system quarterback, but he's not going to be like a Peyton Manning who can just right. like whip anything out and right. just launch a dime downfield. Right. Take over um, but, a game. He's not a guy that's going to take over a game. Yeah, but game Sean manager. McVay has changed the Rams. Sean McVay is the reason that Todd Gurley is able to find that productivity again because he sees, hey, Gurley's got what I need. Let me let that guy loose. And he's built around to support Gurley and his his style of game. He's done well to support Goff as well. I think the addition of Cooks will help out a little bit. Uh, you know, you got Cup coming in with uh, another you know strong. You know, he had a strong year this last year. I think he'll mirror that uh, this year. But uh, yeah, Sean McVay is the biggest reason for me. Um, and I, I, you know, we compare back and forth with Le'Veon and Gurley, and they. They do have very different games. Absolutely. Um, you know, Le'Veon is just very well known for being super patient as a I think he's back. come up with his own running style. Yeah, and, and it's it's so fun to watch. And he did it at Michigan State. He did. And it drove a lot of people crazy and they didn't like it. Two so he didn't recruit. get yeah, he didn't get recruited very highly because they thought he was slow off the ball. Well no, he's just paying attention and looking where he's going. D'Antonio was a smart guy, and uh, you know he he liked that change. Uh, let him do what he was going to do. So Le'Veon's got a completely different style, and he is just geared a little bit more to be a receiving back. Todd Gurley can receive, and he can do well with it. He's got good hands, but he's just he's just a different back. I mean, yeah. uh, Le'Veon, like you said, he's just a very like eyes on himself uh, type of guy. You know, he he thinks that he's the best player on the field. I'm fine with that. A lot of guys, sure. you, you have to think that way. Right. Um, I just don't think he's a good fit for the Steelers. No. I, I think that he can go somewhere else, do a lot better, uh, and, and be a lot more successful, get the pay that he wants, but still be able to make an impact. He's been great for the Steelers, but they they don't want to pay him. So, you know, I, I hope he goes somewhere else. Yeah. That, that personality is not the Steelers' way. No. It, not even close. Not even close. They're They're very... Them and the Patriots are very similar in the sense that they are a very closed house. I think uh, Steelers fans would take issue with you just. They 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 might they might, but that that's okay. But they can I think they can agree that they keep things in house. 
They don't let they don't things get out. Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's not that way. Which Tomlin? Bill Belichick. Tomlin's been a little bit iffy too. And like, how long has Tomlin stayed at the Steelers for? Like, I mean, there's. Yeah, but you got to be careful with that. I don't get that as a Jets fan. No, I'd kill for Mike Tomlin. Really? (laughs) Well, he's seven five seven. The guy's gotten to to playoffs. What? How many years in a row? I mean, with all that pressure of a historic franchise. But well, we'll get into that another day. I mean, absolutely. Bottom line, I Mike Tomlin. If you leave. Come Jets will take you. Yeah. Jets will take you. Yeah. That's absolutely right. You uh, got a Super Bowl on your resume. Can Kyle and I add something onto that? Jets will take anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I is that, is that guy? Everybody. Is that guy dead? Yeah, no, we'll take him. No, we you have know. taken everybody. I actually like Todd Bowles though. I might be un- I might be in the minority on Who? that, but I like Todd Bowles. Who? Oh, uh, you know, just the Jets. You know head that coach. guy that loses the games for him. Well, <laughs> one of them. One of the guys. He's the one that's the coach. Hey, Mark Sanchez yeah. isn't there anymore. Oh, yeah. You want to get me started on that one, Jared? Over under Rex Ryan. Dirty Sanchez over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, as as far as a, as far as running backs are concerned, though, yeah, personally, I think Todd Gurley is, is where I would set the bar personally. And I think that he, it, you can see it. I think he's a team guy. Um, and the Rams ha- are loaded with talent. Um, we'll talk more about in the coming weeks just where we think NFL teams are going to wind up in their divisions, but Rams are definitely a team to look out for, and Todd Gurley is a big reason for that. Absolutely. And I, I think, like, even in our discussion here, I, as I'm as I'm thinking back to Le'Veon, I don't even put him at number two behind Gurley um, because I look at other running backs like Zeke. Uh, I David look Johnson. at David Johnson. Like, those guys, to me, they're just better complete running backs. I like Le'Veon's game. Uh, but as far as just you know, top running back or not, I, you know, maybe he's number five or four. Yeah, he's top five. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with him. Well, we 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 mentioned it a couple minutes ago, so we got. I guess we got to get to the Patriots. They come up uh, every week. Do we have to? We 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 don't have to name him. But we gotta talk about him. He who will not be named. He will not be named. We can name the. Can we name the other guy? Can we the other guy that we don't like? Bill Belichick. Bill. Uh, uh, well, it pained well, me. Well, he did it. He did it. It pained well, me. Well, so yeah, the Patriots are back in the news. Um, Bill Belichick was, uh, you know, everything after the Super Bowl, the the whole Malcolm Butler fiasco, um, which probably wouldn't be a fa- fiasco if they won the Super Bowl, but they didn't. They lost and. Everybody drew to attention to that, the benching of, of, of Malcolm Butler, who is now with the Titans, I believe. Uh, so yes. he was, uh, I think it was yesterday or today, uh, you know, they're back in training camp, doing OTAs. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked, hey, what about that, you know, that Super Bowl thing? You know, what, what happened there? Hey, hey, Malcolm Butler, what happened? Uh, you. Uh, we're gonna move on. To, uh, we're, we're just looking forward to uh, ne- next year. I'm uh, not looking at uh, 2000, 2001, 2004, 2007. Uh, two, I was like, all right, he just keeps going right. down the line. <laughs> so yeah, he again refuses to address the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl benching. Uh, so as far as and that was just one of the things that happened this off season. You right. got, Do you think that that play comes back as far as team? Turning, well, that's yeah, that's what I was going to get into. You have all right, Tom Brady obviously is not in agreement. He he publicly backed between the two right now. Yeah, at this point, he publicly, you know, that ESPN story that came out a few months back between the the rift 
between the two and how it is it's getting serious you know we're getting towards i'm curious to see how accurate and how true the end yes yeah, so really tom brady you just you said it before the podcast uh, brady and gronkowski aren't going to report for a while they just they don't see a need gronkowski trade rumors in the offseason uh malcolm butler signing they didn't bring anybody much talent back in after losing Dion lewis and and butler and a couple of other guys so a lot going on a lot more drama for the patriots than yeah. we've seen probably in the last 15 years combined is this what's going on? Is it the I, end? I think it could be getting close to the end. I mean, I think I think we all know the end is is very nearer. near. Party not, at my house? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it doesn't just begin and end with he who shall not be named. Um, but I think once you have Tom Brady go, a lot of that goes away because I don't think Belichick stays around a whole lot longer after that. So I think regardless of whether it happens this year or not, I think you're getting closer to that ending. Even though I, I I'll say this. We've talked about this before. I believe that the Patriots are still be the great organization they've been, with or without Tom Brady. And that's a very hot. Well, and to that's a lot of people, actually but. to to go along with your point. I actually think that Bill Belichick may stick around when Brady leaves well, to see if he can win without I him. Thought that to if see they if still he can had Jimmy Garoppolo, which we'll talk about another sure. storyline there. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be around. With, I think there's enough. I think he's done because he didn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he didn't. He didn't want to. Not at all. I don't think the love loss is as much huge between Bill and Robert, Robert Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, I think yeah. it's more between Bill and Robert Kraft than it was between Bill and Tom Brady. I think there might have been a little bit between Tom Brady and. Bill being with the uh, what's his trainer's name? With Alex the, Guerrero, yeah, and the, the health center trainer. That, like that, I know. I'm sure that whole thing happened, but I don't think that's as big as an issue for Bill Belichick as everything with Robert Kraft and supposedly Kraft going behind his back and absolutely him to trade yeah. off yeah. his future star quarterback. Yep. Um, I think there's a lot more that that's where it's going to come down to hurt him, which is why I don't see him staying around a whole lot longer after. Brady goes. And the other thing with it, too, with them bringing, I'm blanking on the assistant coach's name. Um, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. With him going to the Colts. That stings. And then, <laughs> you guys, no, no, it, it does. The Colts does. got lucky on that, though. I think they did, too. I if agree. If you're going to have a guy who's not going to be that committed and willing to go back, you dodged a bullet. You didn't I get agree. screwed. It, it worked out better that he yep. chose not to come at Peyton, that point. Peyton in time. And, and I've talked about that, and he fully mentioned exactly what you said. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I'm he much happier with, with where we are. Right. And, and so, what. What Sorry. he did, like, I, I completely disagree we? with it. Who's That's we? super shady. And honestly, that only is going to hurt him down the road because what organization is going to have confidence going into talks with him? Right. Like, okay, are you actually, like, going to look at schools for your kids now or are you just going <laughs> to keep everybody in New England and then make us sweat for a little while? No, that's – well, and yeah, I, we can talk about that later too. I, I think that uh, Robert Kraft kind of showed some favoritism, of course. He showed that his favorite – to me, is Tom Brady over the Bill Belichick. Boy. Yeah, he did. The golden he, boy. He went, because as we mentioned, Tom, we feel like from the stories that have come out that Tom Brady went to Robert Kraft say, hey, get rid, of, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because he is a threat to me, and I don't want him here. Now, he might not have voiced it in that same way. No, but Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo kind of confirmed that right. this week. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but, you know, that came out with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and what he kind of said, so... Um, I mean, what, let's let's go ahead and let's get into that a little bit as far as what that looks like. Unless you guys have anything else on, uh, I mean, it's it's an obvious step around Belichick because I, I feel like a lot of people forget the fact that he's the GM of the team too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's those Good are point. supposed to be his calls. I mean, just look at, at his trade. direction. You're with, telling me you couldn't get more for Jimmy Garoppolo than that? What was it? The beginning oh, of the second yeah, round pick. Oh, he let him go for next to nothing. It was it was literally nothing. I mean, you could have gotten. 
the talks were a couple of first round picks, and he he let it go for nothing, and he sipped him off all the way to you know San Francisco. Well, you're not going to see him. Yeah, you see him only if it's a Super Bowl, or maybe once every four years. Preseason. <laughs> Preseason. <laughs> so. To kind of confirm that, Jimmy Garoppolo did come out this week. He was in the news for something a little different, that uh, a little something X-rated that we're not going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> but, but he did come out and kind of talk a little bit on, you, some, you know, you don't normally see this. Patriot players don't talk about the culture there. But he came out and talked about, hey, I thought I was better than Tom Brady. I always thought I was to- better than Tom Brady. And that competition got a little crazy. Uh, we, we thought we were going to kill each other. So a little bit of craziness going on there with, uh, with Jimmy G, uh, which, which I got no problem point. with. I got he, no problem with. But. If he thought he was better than Tom Brady, that means that he probably was told something by a coach. By Bill think, Belichick. By Bill Belichick. probably thinks he had a... Which is probably why Tom Brady, I would... I hate I hate Tom Brady, but I don't want to turn this into like a me hating on Tom Brady and me being biased because I hate him. But, no, well, anyway, let's, let's turn it into that. Let's turn he it went into Michigan. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to alienate every single New England fan. <laughs> that's on the, I hate him too, <laughs> but um, I respect him. I mean, uh, right. we'll get into that in another time. But anyway. Exactly. So anyway, though, like it makes sense though that if that was the case and he was told that that he why. Uh, Tom Brady would want him to be traded off if he really was that insecure about losing, potentially losing a starting job before he's ready to retire and ride off on the sunset when he wants to call the shots. Which, interesting that he's now ready. He's mentioned that he thinks the end is near after they trade Jimmy Garoppolo away. And it's almost like, I'm going out on my terms. Absolutely. Well, And you look at, right, he said why he's not at training camp. It's not, of inter- uh, it's not because of injury, not really because of fear of being injured. He wants to spend more time with his family, which I'm not saying that Tom Brady doesn't care about his family or hasn't before, but I don't remember ever hearing that out of him before being a reason. Well, I think there's a lot of, you know, compromise. I think it's Giselle wanting him to step away. Uh, you know, concussions, he's had a few... Uh, you know, spending like you said, spending time with family. Not enough. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, he should just I retire. Think that's I think, I think he want. should retire. That's I think he should listen to his wife. Happy wife, happy life. That's Tommy. right. That's he right. should have retired, honestly, if he wanted to ride out and become the top. He should have retired after the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Unless, hey, if he does it this year and wins it, I mean, well, that's, that's what I did want to ask. Let's, let's end this up a little bit here. As far as we kind of talked, they lost Deion Lewis, they lost Malcolm Butler, they lost a couple other guys that were key to their team. Brandon Cooks. And Yeah, Brandon Cooks. You know, uh, Julian Edelman suspended for the first four games. He's coming off a brutal injury anyway. Yep. Uh, you know, Gronkowski's always injured. <laughs> Seems like it. We know they're going to win. We know they have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're going to win their 10, 11, 12-plus wins. Is this a team that can still compete for a Super Bowl? Compete for a Super Bowl? Sure. Do they have a chance of winning the Super Bowl? Probably not. I don't think so. Probably not. I think think the NFC, for the first time in a long time, is stronger than most. I agree. I totally agree. The the NFC, as far as top to bottom, I mean, any team that makes the playoffs is going to have a legit opportunity to make the Super Bowl. Um, It's going to be really important to get home field advantage in the NFC this year. Absolutely. And for the future years to come. Um, AFC, it still feels like, I mean... I actually, I mean, I could see a power swing in the AFC coming very soon. Um, 
But we won't really know that until midway through the season if the Patriots are indeed someone that you can start writing off or, as mentioned, seeing a power swing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll but, be interesting to yeah. see them as a franchise, too. Their only success as a franchise, other than back in 94 when they played in the Super Bowl with uh, – I can't remember who the quarterback was. I should remember this. I was – I guess I was nine. Anyway, and then the Bledsoe days? Bledsoe days, yeah. They haven't had a ton of success as a franchise other than this period – Absolutely. With, and then you get the other, like Steelers, I think they can rebuild. I mean, historically, they've been a team that has always done in, in and out. Uh, they're not, they're not, they don't have the, while they have the Super Bowls, they don't have the history of a franchise like a Pittsburgh, like a Dallas. Examples. Well, I think, um, so Brady, well, let me back up. Robert Kraft is successful because of Belichick and because of Brady. Brady is successful because of Belichick and because of an offensive line that Belichick has put in front of him. Belichick is just successful. He's He is the reason for the success of the organization. Well, we don't talk I about don't, the Cleveland days. I don't, think, I don't think that Brady would be the uh, legacy player uh, that we all talk about him being if it weren't for Belichick. 100% agreed. Yeah, I, and... I, We've talked I about don't this. Know, I don't know why. Yeah, Jared and I have had long conversations deep into the night just talking about what a sham the Patriots organization is. But, <laughs> um, no, Robert Kraft, and it baffles my mind that Robert Kraft does not give Belichick everything that he wants. I mean, you, you look at this Jimmy Garoppolo situation, and, again, I know there's a lot of speculation, but it, it's also it's really tough to doubt uh, I I don't see why you don't give everything that Belichick wants to him, because I don't it's know. I be could personal. It's I, I, I could see Belichick to... leaving, and I could see him going to the Giants. When when it comes time, I thought, it was gonna, I thought there was a decent chance that could have happened this off season because the Giants had that their head mm-hmm. coach job open, yeah, and right. you know he was the defensive coordinator there when they won that Super Bowl with uh, Bill Parcells. Yeah, so he's right. got the ties there. I, honestly. I thought there was a decent chance it could have happened this year. So maybe it could, like I, you said, in a couple yeah, of years, could, I, maybe I that could still, happen. I can still see it happening because he, I mean, he'll coach until he dies. Uh, and, you know, he'll you know, certainly be able to put some, some more good years in. Brady, not as many as what Belichick can put in. I want to add this one thing because this is something I've been trying to, I've said numerous things for a while. And we're talking about the system of why Tom Brady is where he's at and the Patriots are where they're at because of Bill Belichick more than Tom Brady. Tom Brady is in the top five in numerous categories in the league. However, I think one stat that shows a system working for a quarterback more than anything else is yards per attempt. If you, if you, have, if you have low yards per attempt, that's showing that it's a system game, not a high game. Mm-hmm. And the not, system? Not, not, a, not, a, not a quarterback gunsling it down the field that's right. for 40-yard passes one that's after right. another. Yeah. Tom Brady, in his career, is number 25, or tied for number 25, in yards per attempt. Jameis Winston is also tied for 25 yards per attempt. Matt Schwab, Drew Brees are at 2020. In the top five, you have Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Tony Romo, Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Roethlisberger all in the top five. Those guys, I would say, are more of the guys you think of who are going to have to be the gunslingers, throw it downfield, get the yardage. To me, that shows you're getting more of being a quality quarterback when you're able to do that more consistently rather than just have dumps here and there down the field, which is why I think 
it's a system that's worked out. Mm-hmm. For well, and they get they get these small they get these small receivers that run rub routes slants all the time. Rub routes and it's it's legal. They run legal rub routes. They've just perfected it. And I mean, of course, there's more to it than that. But that's that's the majority that I've seen is these rub routes that just get these smaller like Julian Edelman's, Brandon Cooks, even back in the the days Dion Branch, mm-hmm. those guys. Um, it, it was a perfect system for them. And that's why a lot of people say, well, Tom Brady made all these wide receivers uh, names. Like Deion Branch was a name after Tom Brady. but and Randy Moss was a name oh, yeah. well before Tom Brady. Right. So anyway, that, that's a discussion for another time. But. Well, that'll conclude the I Hate Tom Brady podcast. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, the Down with the Flames podcast. <laughs> no, uh, man, I'm good with that. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll preview another conference for college football. Football is back. Thanks for listening. Back.